And welcome to episode 88 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. AD goes down. We're going to give you those MRI results and tell you what it means for the Lakers. And the baseball cheating scandal continues to grow. And now it involves the Boston Red Sox. An update on the baseball cheating scandal. Baseball topics, football topics, topics on topics, takes on takes here on the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And then head to YouTube and give me all your takes right down below in the comment section. That Ohio State Clemson comment section is blowing up right now. Don Turner says SEC refs should never be allowed to rev a bowl game again. Daniel Song 39 says, the sport is what it is. Enjoy it for the WWE entertainment value. So head over to the YouTube channel and become part of the show. But we've got lots to get into, so let's get right into it. It's showtime. Are you ready? Let's get it on. We're going to start with the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers win last night 117 to 87. They improved their record to 30 and 7 on the year. But last night, the story was about Anthony Davis. The brow was saying, ow, at the 245 mark in the third quarter. Lakers up 81 62, and down goes Davis. Randall underneath. Oh, look out. And that hurts. Anthony Davis took it right on the tailbone in the back. Wow. And I'm telling you, that injury felt serious. Anthony Davis, he has a history of injuries, a history of back injuries. And for a guy that size, 6'10", 254 pounds, to fall on the ground like he did, I thought, hey, he's going to be out at least a couple of months, maybe even a season-ending injury. You saw that Staples Center crowd was in complete shock. Well, here's a live look at Laker fans after seeing AD go down. No, God, please, no, no, no! Great news for Laker fans. It appears that this injury is not serious at all. Sham Sharkani had tweeted this morning, after scary fall Tuesday night in Los Angeles, Davis underwent MRI that showed lower back injury as a bruise, league sources said. He followed that up with MRI results on Lakers star Anthony Davis's lower back injury returned clean, and he plans to travel with team on two-game road trip to Dallas and OKC, league sources tell The Athletic. But if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, you got to feel great about this news. It's nothing serious. He has a bruised gluteus maximus. He's going to be fine, but he does have a bruised gluteus maximus. So, hey, don't worry. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to say that he's clinically butthurt or that he's a pain in the ass. (laughs) I'm not going to say any of that stuff. But here's Frank Vogel and LeBron James talking about Anthony Davis's injury. Fingers crossed. Uh, hope for the best. Pray for the best. And, um, you know, hope. hopefully he gets up and it's not too bad. Um, 
you know, you just with all your guys, you never see anyone, any, any of your guys uh, suffer anything serious. So, you know, we just hope and pray for the best right now. We hope that he'll be fine, which we believe he'll be fine. So, um, you know, it's a tough night for us. Obviously, there's no replacing him. You can't say, let's, we're going to replace what he does. He does everything. So, you know, but everybody else just got to chip in and be better. And, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with, 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 his, um, with his injury and, um, you know, and then take it from there. Now, if you're the Lakers, they got two tough games coming up at Dallas and at OKC. Look, you're playing the Mavericks. You're playing Luka Doncic. You know I call him the real Slav Shady. 10-30-point triple-doubles on the year. That's going to be a difficult game to win. And then Oklahoma City. Look, Oklahoma City, you need to recognize what they're doing this year. The surprise team in the NBA, they're sitting at 21-16, seventh seed in the West. So that's going to be two tough games. But the Lakers, look, Anthony Davis is not going to be out for a while. But when he does come back, we'll see if he has any effects from that injury because for them to catch the Milwaukee Bucks, they're going to need Anthony Davis back and playing like he has been all season long because LeBron James, he relies on AD. 284 pass attempts that led to shot attempts from LeBron to Anthony Davis. 284 times this year, LeBron's passed it to AD. That led to a shot attempt. That's more than any duo in the NBA. So for the Lakers to hold on to that one seat, they need Anthony Davis back and on the court. He's averaging 27.1 points per game, 9.4 boards, 3.2 assists, and he has a 28.5 PER. That's fourth in the NBA. And hey, I hear people out there saying they need to load manage Anthony Davis, preserve him for the playoffs. I'm saying no way. You want home court advantage throughout the playoffs. You want to host the Bucks. You want to host the Clippers. Hey, if they play the Clippers, it's basically seven home games anyway. But you want home court advantage. You don't need to load manage Anthony Davis. Look. Jack Nicholson was at the game last night, only his second game all season. If they start load management with Anthony Davis, I'm going to need anger management, okay? But this AD injury, now what this means is the Lakers can showcase Kyle Kuzma. Last 10 games for Kuzma, 14.3 points per game on 41% shooting, 31.9% from beyond the yard. Last night, 6 for 11, 16 points, lots of garbage time buckets for Kuzma. Well, they'll showcase him in the next two games. If he shows out, has a couple big games, he'll be able to be a bigger trade chip that they can flip for a win-now player. Because, look, Kyle Kuzma didn't sign with Clutch. His trainer went off on LeBron. To me, that's really not important. The most important thing is you don't see young players in their first time in the playoffs really take off. And I think Kyle Kuzma, that's a lot of pressure on the guy. I think if the Lakers, with their limited assets, if they can get a guy for Kyle Kuzma that can help them win the championship this year, you make that move. And a little update on the sign-stealing scandal in Major League Baseball. According to another bombshell report from The Athletic yesterday, the Boston Red Sox are now involved in the sign-stealing scandal, and they, too, used the replay room and cameras to steal signs during their 2018 World Series championship season. They won 108 games that year. They beat the Dodgers in five games. But, hey, it's been quiet on this cheating scandal front, so we're going to break this piece 
all the way down. And Ken Rosenthal points out that when Major League Baseball punished the Red Sox and Yankees in September of 2017 for conduct related to electronic sign stealing, the league touched on the epicenter of a problem that had been growing for years, the video replay rooms. Now, these replay rooms, they were intended to help teams determine whether or not they wanted to challenge calls. So when Major League Baseball introduced replay in 2014, they established these rooms so teams could go in there and look at play, say, oh, should we challenge this? Was he safe? Was he out? Not should we steal signs? But of course, it's Major League Baseball. They had to find a way to abuse that, right? So teams started to use those rooms to steal sign sequences from opposing pitchers and catchers. And then in 2018, Major League Baseball, they issued warnings and they issued fines. Before the 2018 season, after years of barely enforcing its broad rules regarding replay rooms, the league made it clear. Replay rooms cannot be used to help steal signs. The newly clarified rules, in combination with the fines the league levied on the Red Sox and Yankees, and warnings it issued in 2017, were intended to end the replay room chicanery. Nice word, Ken Rosenthal. But apparently the Red Sox were like, nah, we're just still going to cheat. Let's just, let's still use that room to cheat. And then three people who were with the Red Sox during their 100-win 2018 season told The Athletic that during that regular season, at least some players visited the video replay room during games to learn the sign sequence opponents were using. The replay room is just steps away from the home dugout at Fenway Park through the same doors that lead to the batting cage. Every team's replay staff travels to road games, making the system viable in other parks as well. Now, Red Sox sources said the system did not appear to be effective or even viable during the 2018 postseason when the Red Sox went on to win the World Series. Opponents were leery enough of sign stealing and knowledgeable enough about it to constantly change their sign sequence. But they're saying it did not give them an advantage in the 2018 postseason but one person who was with the 2018 Red Sox said it's cheating because if you're using a camera to zoom in on the crotch of the catcher to break down the sign system and then take that information and give it out to the runner, then he doesn't have to steal it. Now, the Red Sox initially declined to comment, then issued this statement late Tuesday afternoon. We were recently made aware of allegations suggesting the inappropriate use of our replay room. We take these allegations seriously and will fully cooperate with MLB as they investigate the matter. Then Major League Baseball said in a statement, the commissioner made clear in a September 15, 2017 memorandum to clubs how seriously he would take any future violation of the regulations regarding use of electronic equipment or the inappropriate use of the video replay room. Given these allegations, MLB will commence an investigation into this matter. And so now the question is, how is this different than what the Astros were doing? Well, it's very simple. The Astros cheating was far more advanced, far more sophisticated than what the Red Sox were doing. The Astros, they were banging on a trash can, and the method they were using, they were going on a pitch-to-pitch basis and the Astros system was triggered by a center field camera and a video screen positioned near the dugout and no one on the playing field was involved in stealing the sign. 
Now, the key difference is the Astros sign stealing was far more advanced. It used more technology, whereas the Red Sox, you need to have a runner on second base or on first base so they can get that sign and relay it to the batter. But once they got that sign, they were still getting a huge competitive advantage because they're staring at the catcher signs and knowing which one matters, not only to steal signs, but to steal bases and to give batters a competitive advantage. So nonetheless, to me, I think it's still just as egregious because you're breaking a rule that Major League Baseball said, hey, we are not going to use these replay rooms to steal signs, and the Red Sox defiantly broke that rule, and I think they're in for a penalty as well. Because if you're Rob Manfred, you have to be livid. You have to be absolutely irate that this team defiantly, defiantly went against what you said in 2017. In his statement announcing the 2017 penalties, Commissioner Rob Manfred said he received absolute assurances from the Red Sox that they would not again engage in illegal sign-stealing activity adding that he had notified all 30 clubs that any future violations would be subject to more serious sanctions. So that warning was in place, and the Red Sox violated it. Now, I know that you're shocked, right? Another Boston team is caught cheating? Well, Major League Baseball, you need to come down hard on the Boston Red Sox. Look, what they did, it wasn't as bad, it wasn't as egregious as what the Houston Astros did, but it doesn't make it right. And look, even if the Boston Red Sox didn't gain a competitive advantage in the postseason, they still won 108 games in the regular season, and that helped them with home field advantage. It helped them with home field advantage in the postseason and look, the Boston Red Sox, they need to be penalized. Look, Alex Cora, I think we all know at this point what the C in Cora stands for. And the Boston Red Sox, they need to be punished accordingly. And I think what needs to happen, I think Major League Baseball at this point, we're really entering a dark era of Major League Baseball where you have sign stealing. It looks like it's an epidemic at this point. I think what Major League Baseball needs to do, they need to put umpires or league officials inside the dugouts of every single Major League Baseball team in every single replay room in Major League Baseball. I want to call them Park Narcs. I'm calling them ballpark narcs. Every stadium needs a park narc, and that way, hey, if there's anything going on, any foul play, Major League Baseball just sitting there saying, hey, you cannot do this, and you're going to be penalized for it. I'm telling you, Major League Baseball, if they can't police themselves, you got to put some police inside those dugouts, inside that replay room. Look, imagine that. Oh, let's go steal these signs. Oh, no, the park narc is here. The, oh, let's do these steroids. Oh, no, the park narc is here. That's what has to be done because they haven't shown the ability to police themselves. Tom Brady is not retiring. I'm going to give you five teams that I think Tom Brady could play for next season, but he went to Instagram to announce that he is coming back. I just want to say to all of our fans, thank you after a few days of reflection. I am so grateful and humbled by the unconditional support you have shown me the past two decades. Running out of that tunnel every week is a feeling that is hard to explain. I wish every season ended in a win, but that's just not the nature of sports or life. Nobody plays to lose, but the reward for working hard is just that, the work. I have been blessed to find a career I love, teammates who go to battle with me, an organization that believes in me, and fans who have been behind us every step of the way. 
Every one of us that works at Gillette Stadium strive to do their best, spent themselves at a worthy cause, and prepared to fail while daring greatly. Teddy Roosevelt. And for that, we've been rewarded with something that the scoreboard won't show, the satisfaction of knowing we gave everything to each other in pursuit of a common goal. That is what team is all about. In both life and football, failure is inevitable. You don't always win. You can, however, learn from that failure, pick yourself up with great enthusiasm, and place yourself in the arena again. And that's right where you will find me, because I know I still have more to prove. Now, the first option is the Cleveland Browns. Now, I know what you're thinking. Really? Tom Brady would not go to the Cleveland Browns. Giselle Bunchen would not go to the city of Cleveland ever, right? But what if they hired Josh McDaniels as their head coach? What if Baker Mayfield, yes, he was drafted number one overall, but you got a new GM in there. This is a different organization, and I think if they hired Josh McDaniels, Tom Brady says, hey, you got Odell Beckham Jr., you have Jarvis Landry, tons of talent on that team, and then one more thing. Where did Bill Belichick come from? He was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. And yes, I think that Brady and Belichick, they have a great deal of respect for each other, but they both know that some people feel like it was more Brady, some people feel like it was more Belichick for who gets the credit for those Super Bowl wins. And if Tom Brady goes to the Cleveland Browns and wins a Super Bowl for a franchise that has never won a Super Bowl, Bill Belichick, he failed in Cleveland, and Tom Brady goes in there and wins the ring, I'm telling you, if he gets that done, that would change the perception, and people would start to feel like it was Tom Brady that deserves more of the credit for those Patriots Super Bowls. And then how about the Tennessee Titans? Look, they just beat the Patriots, and you saw Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel, a fantastic head coach. Wouldn't be much of a culture shock playing for a Belichick disciple. Lots of talent on that Tennessee roster. That could be an option. And then how about the Miami Dolphins? Miami Dolphins, same situation. You're playing for Flores, another Belichick disciple. They have tons of cap space, tons of money to spend on free agents. Miami's a big free agent destination. And then, hey, Giselle Bunchen, she would love to be Miami. She feels so Miami. I think she'd be cool with it. So the Miami Dolphins are an option. And then how about the Los Angeles Chargers? The Los Angeles Chargers, that is a team to me that if he's going to leave the Patriots, it should be for the Chargers. The Chargers, they're trying to open up a new stadium. They're trying to become relevant in Los Angeles. They have tons of talent. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Hunter Henry, tons of talent on offense. And then you're in L.A. Look, he's lived in L.A. in the offseason. He trains at UCLA. It'd be a nice fit for him to join the Chargers. And then there's option number five, stay with the New England Patriots. That's what I want to see. I want to see him in New England. Look, it's not fun to see Jordan in a Wizards uniform or Jerry Rice rocking the Seahawks uniform or Joe Montana wearing a Chiefs uniform. We deserve to see Tom Brady in that Patriots uniform until he retires. I just think, hey... Let's be honest here. If Tom Brady had better receivers, if he had more playmakers, they would still be in the playoffs right now. He'd be playing in the division round. Oh, everyone wants to say he's done. Everyone wants to say he's washed. Well, look, Tom Brady is still a capable quarterback. Look what happened to LeBron James. The Lakers missed the playoffs. He looks fresh this year. He's going to benefit from a long offseason. I could see him making one more run at this. I would not count out Tom Brady. I think the New England Patriots, they have to do whatever they can to make a trade for Odell 
Beckham Jr. Get him a premier playmaker like Odell Beckham Jr. And then we'll find out if Tom Brady is really done. Because, hey, I'm not ready to say he's done until I see him fail with adequate playmakers. Get him a better receiving core, better tight ends, a better running game. And then I think this Patriots team, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, I think they have one more run in them. But he is not done just yet. But before we wrap, I want to hit you with the Get More Sports Fact of the Day. With all these new coaches in the NFL, I want to find out how long is the average tenure of an NFL head coach, and it's 3.7 years. That's longer than Major League Baseball and the NBA, and the three longest coaching stints in NFL history. Coming in at number three, Tom Landry at 29 years with the Dallas Cowboys. 33 years for Don Shula as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And coming in at number one, George Hallis. You know the Bears uniforms on the sleeve. You can see the GSH. That stands for George Hallis. 40 years as the head coach of the Chicago Bears from the age of 25 up until he was 72. Took some years off in between, but 40 years for George Hallis. But that's going to do it for episode 88 of the Get More Sports Podcast. See you guys Friday. Head over to YouTube. Give me all your tags right down below in the comment section. But I'm going to see you guys Friday. Have a great rest of your day, and I'm out.